Last week on Convey about mental health and spirituality. Even if you don't subscribe to psychiatrists and all of that, you but you say you you say you subscribe to religion, that what you're doing of telling someone that nothing's wrong with them but pray, that is problematic. But sitting with them, loving them, supporting them, being a safe space, being an open space for them, praying on interceding for them in prayer, praying with them, praying for them, um, maybe sharing a scripture with them and not just giving them a scripture and tell them to figure it out on their own, but telling them why you're sharing the scripture with them. Maybe that actually may help. Let's go to Second Corinthians chapter five and the NLT is under the heading. We are God's ambassadors, but I'm going to read verse 16 and through 18 so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view at one time we thought of christ merely from a human point of view how different we know him now this means that anyone who belongs to christ has become a new person the old life is gone a new life has begun and all of this is a gift from god who brought us back to himself through christ and welcome back y'all um, if you're still rocking with me after part one of mental mental health and spirituality, thank you so much for coming back. Uh, you may be coming back because you're actually interested in hearing what I'm kind of like working through. Because as I always say, I am not speaking from a space of expert. Even if I, even though I'm a therapist, I don't even want to speak from a, from a from a position of expert in the mental health field. There are people who are well more educated than I am in this field. Um, I just think I have a gift. Um, in the field, but I, I wouldn't say I'm an expert, nor am I an expert in the spiritual realm, even though I got my degree in Christian ministry. So, um, but I'm grateful for those degrees because it's led me to who, where I am today and who I am. But I'm saying that only for those who are like the ways that I use scripture, if I'm using it incorrectly, please let me know. That is not my intention. Still trying to understand things. I do believe in the context of the scriptures as well. So if you feel like I'm taking things out of context, just let me know. But welcome back. Welcome back. Um, I chose the scripture uh, because, so chapter five is under new bodies, but then the verses I read is under we are God's ambassadors. And we know talking about mental health conditions and you know, the last episode talked mostly about anxiety and schizophrenia. Um, and this one, I, I'm i going to say something that's really going to throw you all off. And I want you to think of the scripture of stopping evaluating others from a human point of view. Um, if If you can rock with me that I believe that what is happening in the and the carnal and the physical is manifestations that's happening in the spiritual um, understanding that sometimes when we see a person doing something, understanding that it's not them that's doing it, their bodies is doing it. There's a condition that they may be wrestling with that's causing them to behave in such a way, which we call symptoms, but it's not who that person is at core. Um, and then also just understanding that in Christ, there's things that we have done um, that has been hurtful to Jesus or look doesn't match what we say we are. Um, if you're not a Christian and you're still listening, there are things that you have done, but people are forgiving you and they've seen who you are. We understand that. And so we can apply that to other people. Um, but if you are in Christ, knowing that you are a new person and that 
we get to be forgiven when we ask for forgiveness and we get to be extended grace and mercy to start new, start again, as we have been baptized into Christ's family where we get to be redeemed and forgiven. So understanding that, once again, people are not their conditions and they're not their disorders. And so I'm going to make a strong claim and see if you can still rock with me to the end. All right. Ciao. Welcome back to part two of mental health and spirituality. Uh, so interesting thing is, is that I am recording this in 2023 when the original recording was back in 2021. Um, and that is because when I was trying to edit these other days, I kept trying to look for the rest of the clip and I found it. However, it was, it just won't play for some reason. And so I decided to just re-record because I do remember what I was speaking about and what I was talking about was narcissistic personality disorder <sighs> and how a lot of people have overused that term and has been diagnosing people <laughs> with that particular term. And it's it, it's it's kind of frustra frustrating to me because if we don't like someone or someone hurts our feelings automatically, someone is labeled with this thing and it's an actual... It's an actual disorder. And so the villainizing of people with NPD, I definitely understand because of the harm that they've caused. But also I see the harm of villainizing them because they too have a mental health condition. And there's some who believe that um, NPD is a form of like being influenced by the spirit of pride. Um, and that's what has a hold on them. And whether it is or not, it's the simple fact that it is a disorder that some people cannot help. Um, and some people don't even know that they have or think that they have. At any case, I believe that there is healing. I cannot be a therapist and not think that there is no, no solution, no treatment plan for someone with a particular diagnosis. I can't be a Christian and believe that someone cannot be delivered or healed from a situation or a condition, right? And because I have this whole theory of intersecting of the spiritual world and the mental health world, you know, I'm like, well, if it is that, because then that person can learn to relate to themselves and others in a compassionate way. They need to learn compassion. And so they're exploring their experiences. They're developing understanding and connection. And, and then what happens is they can eventually develop a healthier sense of self. And then with that, have a healthier relationship with others. And so it can be healed. It is challenging. It is difficult but it can be done. And then of course, I genuinely believe that narcissism takes place with people who actually have a deep seated issue with self-worth or has been like deeply neglected as a child. And with that deep neglect and that feeling of worthlessness, it's like, how does one survive? And so they either decide to create an image of them being bigger than what they are, or they succumb to the fact that they're nothing. And I mean, at either or, they still end up becoming kind of problematic. And yeah, y'all, it's, it's really sad, but it's like, what happens when that person can find their sense of worth in God, like genuinely love God and let God speak to them about their worth. Like you are worthy. You are worthy. You are a child of the creator, a child of God. Um, and, and really understand that to where you don't need to create this grandiose version of yourself and you don't need to take advantage of other people to feel better about yourself. You get to actually just have healthy relationships. 
um, because you have a healthier now image of yourself because what? You now have a relationship with God who you're able to see yourself through God's eyes. And so what I want to do is just kind of break down what NPD actually is and all that jazz. So first, narcissism develops around the age of eight, and I'm getting my information from psychology today. But yeah, narcissism can begin emerging around the age of eight um, as they are developing their sense of self. And so through this identity forming, um, certain things may slowly start to, to be seen. Now, that's when it starts to develop around the age of eight. The why and how um, is different, different causes. Um, it could be biological. It could be environmental. It can be both. which is basically nature and nurture and also like parenting styles and all these different things can influence the course of the disorder of NPD. And the commonality of NPD is one in 5%. Let's talk about symptoms of NPD. So there's a grandiose sense of importance. There's a preoccupation with fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty, or ideal love, belief that one is special and can only be understood by by or associate with special people or institutions, a need for excessive admiration, a sense of entitlement to special treatment, exploitation of others, a lack of empathy, envy of others, or the belief that one is the object of envy, arrogant, haughty behavior or attitudes. Now, when I used to study um, MPD, or not used to study, but when I would like come across it and study it, I'm like, oh my gosh, Lord, is it me? Is it me? But usually, I would ask my therapist. My therapist is like, you're not NPD because you think you are. Um, so I was like, ooh. But, I, you know, I still get to look out for that. Anyway, um, so that's just an understanding. People with NPD, they don't take well to criticism or defeat at all. Like, they react with, like, anger, like, passivity, where you're like, whoa, what is going on? And that sense of entitlement disregards people and their boundaries. And it's, and it's damaging. It is damaging. And there's different types of narcissism. There's the grandiose, overt form that we normally would see somebody act and we're like, well, they're a narcissist. But there's also like a covert, which is also called a vulnerable type of narcissism, where um, it's characterized by introversion, high sensitivity, negative emotions, and a need for constant recognition and reassurance. So just because that person is quiet and introverted doesn't mean that they're not a narcissist. They can be as well. Um, but the whole, the overall connection between both forms of narcissism is a self-enhancement um, and the belief that one's thoughts and actions set them apart from others. And now I'm not saying that if you do believe that your thoughts and actions make you different, like it most likely does. And so it doesn't mean that you have MPD, but if you start checking off more things on the list, that's something to think about. And, and the term narcissist has become culturally entrenched. Like it's just, like I said, it's used so much and it's overused. And the thing is, is that this is a trait that occurs on a spectrum, like, and and it's believed, I don't know about it, but it's believed that it's healthy for people to have a small dose of narcissism as it provides confidence to forge relationships, explore life and take risk. Um, And it only, narcissism can only become a disorder when it impairs a person's daily life through their relationship, sense of self, occupation, or legal standing. And I don't, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that because if 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 narcissism is a form of like poison a small dose of poison can still cause harm and so to have a small dose of narcissism being a form of health i don't think so maybe just regular self-worth 
I think is it's it's good. It's a good way to explore life and take it, but not necessarily a small dose of narcissism. And so now we understand like the causes of it. We understand um the symptoms of it. And and I think it's important that we understand these things so we're not like mislabeling people and villainizing them, but understanding that it's an actual issue that can that a person can be delivered from. Um, I really wish I remember what I what else I recorded, but I know it definitely had to do with narcissism and just me saying like this is not who you are. And if you're listening and someone has called you a narcissist or someone has referred to you as having like a narcissistic personality disorder, or narcissistic traits, or you have felt that, in any case, you are not your condition. You are not your disorder. Um, you're you're not you're not those things. Um, even if you're diagnosed with other things, like that is not your identity. Your identity is not depression. Your identity is not bipolar personality disorder. Your identity is not anxiety. Like these are not your identities. These are things that you are struggling with. These are things that you have been labeled as um, that you are attempting to work through. But that is not who you are. Um, and I believe all can be healed. All can be healed. And if anything, extend a level, this is going to sound crazy to say, and it's going to probably trigger you all, but extend a level of empathy towards people with NPD, because that means that something in their childhood was, they were deeply neglected or something that transpired that allowed for them to fall on the spectrum of narcissism and act in the way that they're acting that probably hurt you or people that's around them because they just don't, they haven't learned, they didn't know because of the way they were raised. So uh, prayers, pray for the narcissist for sure. Like for real, pray for them, pray for their deliverance, pray for their healing so that they can be delivered and move forward. Yeah. That's all I have. I wish I could have gone a lot deeper, but I'm recording this late. I'm tired and I don't remember a lot of what I said, but the scriptures that I used, um, was really important only because we have to stop evaluating people from the human point of view. Like, we just can't, we have to if we're going to consider ourselves to be ambassadors of Christ because if we view people through a human point of view then we can believe that people are beyond redemption and the gospel of Christ is all about redemption and salvation and so we can't walk around as being an ambassador of Christ but then looking at people and evaluating them based off of their their disorders based off of their their struggles like it is a manifestation of something, but that's that's not who they are. Yeah, I just think that's that's very important. So uh, that's all I have. Sorry, y'all, that this was a little lackluster. Please forgive me. But just to wrap up again, you know, let's stop throwing around narcissism. Like, let's just stop calling people narcissists just because they've hurt our feelings or they did something that we didn't like. Understand that is an actual condition, narcissistic personality disorder, and it's a disorder. And so the same way you can't tell someone to just stop being depressed and they'll stop, you can't tell someone to stop being a narcissist. Like that just doesn't, it just won't work. And so um, extending like grace and compassion for that situation and then strength and support for those that are dealing with the situation. I'm sleepy, y'all. I'm going to end here. Bye. A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. 
Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace. Peace. Good Lord, peace. That comes from the good news that you can be forgiven. There's grace. There's mercy. So that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Mm. Put up that shield of faith. And we talked about faith. But you have to have trust. Trust. So you can put up the shield of faith. That those fiery arrows will stop it. Um, sorry. And put on salvation as your helmet. Because you can be saved. And take the sword of, sword of the spirit. Which is the word of God. Stay in them scriptures. I uh, just read from Ephesians chapter 6. Verses 10 through 20. I thought that would be a great way to close out. Um, I also wanted to say uh, earlier, I was like, you are not those things. And I was saying you're not those things, but you also can be healed. You also can be healed. Um, and and when I say healed, I mean you can be healed, but that doesn't mean that there won't be scars left. Sometimes when we think of healed, we think there will be no evidence of the things that we've gone through. Or the things of what we've done. And that's not true. It means that there is a possible restoration. There is a restoration. There is a reconciliation. However, there's not a time machine. It means that there's a healing that's happening. There's a restoration. There's a reconciliation. There's those things. But there's still a scar. And so let's not be afraid of the scar. And let's not be disappointed if there is a, and that let's not be disappointed um, when there is a scar. Um, but just trust in God. Uh, and so have a nice morning, afternoon, night or day. Ciao.